Well, this morning we've got a variety of different things that we want to do together. And um, Sharon talked last week about taking that stretch step. Remember the ladder? And then we watched our senior pastor, Brendan, brave the heights as he got closer and closer to God. And uh, today we're going to talk about a variety of things that will give us some practical places where we can step towards. But before I do that, I want to invite um, John and Laura Moline up. And uh, they are longtime small group leaders. Give them a hand. They've done lots and lots and lots here at Bridgewood. They are great people. But um, I've kind of prepped them. I told them I want to interview you guys and ask you a few questions. And so, yeah, come up here. Okay. <laughs> and uh, this, this is live, so okay. it's loaded. All right, so here, um, how long have you guys been involved with small group ministry? Um, I'd say for us, I mean, right from the get-go, when we got married, we, we got involved right into a uh, charismatic, spirit-filled church that was new for us. We're coming from a Catholic background, so yeah. but right away, small groups was just a part of it. Yeah. And every church we've gone to, every step of the way, um, we've just, small groups is, is just, uh, I've, it's just our walk with the Lord. I mean, it's so important. So how many years? Uh, well, we've been married 30, almost 31 years now, and so I'd say about 30 of those years. 30 been, yeah. years doing small group. Yeah. So these are our experts. <laughs> 30 years. But, you know, uh, recently now God's been steering you towards a specific kind of small group. Talk about that a little bit. What, what does God lay on your heart? Well, um, in those 30 years, we followed our children in ministry, in the children's ministry. Yeah. And um, off and on for that amount of time, either in small group or large group, kind of teaching Sunday school and stuff. Step back. I can't see these people over here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, so, you know, your children kind of dictate kind of sometimes what ministry you get involved in, and that was real important to us. But... From the get-go, um, God had already started putting a tug on our heart for marriages and stuff. And so um, we just kind of had that on the back burner for a long time. And then just recently, this last year, I would say that God has said, okay, now is the time. Hmm. And to be obedient. And so the question comes to us over and over again, like what we say in churches, you know, what is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Well, God was saying now is the time. And so then we stepped down from children's ministry and went into the marriage ministry, which is very exciting and kind of scary, but um, that's kind of, we're just obeying God's call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I love that you're listening, and, um, you know, part of listening is, is hearing not just what God is saying, but the timing of things, and I, I like that you're... So if someone comes to you and says, well, do you guys think you guys have a perfect marriage? Is that why you can do this? What would you say to them? Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not perfect. It's, you know, it's, I kind of look at well, marriage. It's not perfect? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get coffee, people. Yeah, we'll... yeah. <laughs> um, I, we kind of look at marriage as kind of our, you know, your individual walk with the Lord. I don't think anyone would stand up and say that I've come to that place. I'm um, this perfect Christian. Um, same thing in marriage. Um, you're always... Uh, we feel that every marriage should invest into it. We invest in many different ways. You know, in our, we keep our cars up, we maintain our homes, we 
you know, but we, it's easy to neglect our, sometimes our marriages, and we think that there should be always something, either a retreat or a class, um, to, to grow in that area. And, uh, I mean, to this date, we have, um, we're still growing. We're still learning. We just uh, headed up a, a, a group of, like, four couples last year, did a small group on and did a class. Um, what was the name of the book? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple after God. A couple after God's own heart, you yeah. know. And, and even in teaching that, we, we th- things would be brought up, oh, man, you know, God challenges to us in that, too, you know. Um, God has just blessed us with a really good marriage. It comes out of a uh, place of brokenness. We were both married once before, went through a divorce, and we know the pain and the hard hardship that that was for each one of us. Mm. And out of that, we, uh, when, you know, once we became, we got married and started walking truly with the Lord, we saw what God has for marriages. And God just doesn't want you to survive and get by in your marriage. He wants you to thrive. Kind of like that song we sing about thrive, you know. Yeah. He wants that in, in each of our marriages. And so whether your marriage is in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad place or whether it's really going good, I think that every marriage should do something to enrich that. There's something more that you can go, just like in your walk with the Lord. There's something more that you can be doing. God has something more always for us. He's always bringing us to a place of growth, you know. And, and I think what Sharon shared last week about taking that step, you know, many times when God, like with this marriage ministry, God, you know, Laura is very gifted and does, is a great teacher with children. That, that You can be comfortable in that, too. And but when God also calls you to something new, it's kind of scary. It's like taking that next step in the ladder and think, you know, I can't. I, I don't know if I can do this. What is? We don't even know. As we stepped out and told Mark we wanted to do this, we go. We even told him we don't even know all that this looks like. Mm-hmm. But we know that God's calling us to do it, and so we're we're just stepping out. And Mark has been meeting with us, and he's gonna mentor us through the time right? <laughs> we're in it together yeah it's like yeah. you know because it's true yeah. every know this that as we do our best to listen for where god is calling us all of god's calls are god-sized you get that because if they're mark sized then mark can take credit for him i can do that but if it's god-sized then he stretches our faith and he's glorified because we go where he, only he can go and so that, you know, that's part of it, what John is saying. And, you know, the other part that we talked about is God doesn't really need our ability. He wants our availability. He can do it all through us. And so as we go on this journey of, uh, you know, small groups and community, God may be calling you to something that you feel like, wow, that's way beyond me. That's probably God. You know, let's talk more, but that's probably God. And um, he Again, just is simply calling us. Yeah, I just got like a testimony of that is that you're kind of a bidding preacher aren't you i mean you're like <laughs> well this is something this is what god's done i'm naturally a quiet shy person and i'd rather be in the background you know but yeah. that's one area where when we were at um way of the cross 
we were involved in, in doing a retreat once and part of the group. And then God felt, we just felt we were supposed to do another retreat, and, but we were going to lead it. And part of leading that was being that meant that I had to be up here emceeing the whole retreat thing. And, and uh, actually, Mark and Betsy Spencer came and were the, the speakers of that. But that was a real stretching. I mean, that was like going against every fiber of my being to get up and, and do that. But I know that from that, by stepping out, you know, being, you know, being nervous and all that, but by stepping out in that, it's where I grow. It's in all those times where you think, I can't do this, and then God's saying to me, well, good, because I don't, it's not your ability, it's your availability, it's yeah. me working through you. There's also a, a book um, deals with prison ministry, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's entitled, um, God doesn't uh, call the equipped, he equips those he calls. Hmm. So, and that's, good that's really what, it's all, what it really is. Yeah. So. And, and you know, I was going to ask you to talk to the congregation a little bit. If, if someone's sitting on the fence about being a part of a small group, but you thought it'd be best to invite someone from your current small group to come up. So yeah. why don't you mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, can we just read a scripture from I suppose we, we could read a scripture. <laughs> That's okay. This has been kind of our uh, verse for our um, small group who has been together for about seven years. And um, so this one is what holds us together. Okay, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we possess. For he who promised is faithful... And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So that's from Hebrews 10:23, And that has been kind of a verse that, that we keep going back to, it, of spurring one another on and... Um, it's doing family. It's where church happens. And that's why we're so committed and so passionate about small groups. So we just want to kind of take our small group up the ladder a bit. Could everybody in our small group stand up? So you can just kind of get a, a glimpse at them. Come on, stand up. I see you there. Look around, everybody. This is our family. <laughs> are you missing anybody? Um, we might be missing a few, yeah. The yeah. hernies are out of town. Okay. Yeah. But this is our small group. This is our family. This is where life happens. This is where we cry together. We pray together. We have seen healings. We have experienced death. And we have been together for that many years, and you can't help but to get close. And the the bond between us is like we know we could call anybody at any time of day or night, and they would be there for us. So if you're sitting on a fence about a small group, we thought it would be great to have a testimony, not just from us, because we just facilitate. We don't really lead it. Everyone in our group could be a leader in their own right and have been, actually. But um, we have a couple that is just biting the bullet to share their heart about (laughs) small groups. So Bob and Lorraine, do you want to come up? Okay, who wants to go first? Bob? Okay. Okay, wow. This is going to be a commercial for small groups, okay? <laughs> Roll it. Uh, five or six years ago, I heard my grandson 
sing a song that really touched my heart. And I'd like to share a bit of that with you. I'm not going to sing it for you, luckily. Uh, but it, uh, it's something that uh, really describes where some of us perhaps live. It's from a stained glass masquerade. Is there anyone that fails? Is there anyone that falls? Am I the only one in church today feeling so small? Because when I take a look around, everybody seems so strong. I know they'll soon discover that I don't belong. So I tuck it all away like everything's okay. If I make them believe it, maybe I'll believe it too. So with a painted grin, I play the part again. So everyone will see me the way that I see them. Are we happy plastic people under shiny plastic steeples with walls around our weakness and smiles to hide our pain? But if the invitation's open to every heart that has been broken, maybe then we close the curtain on our stained glass masquerade. Mm. I had a tear in my eye when he got done singing that song. And I wonder, has anyone else here ever lived there? I have, and it can be really intimidating and pretty lonely. I've been in various house groups for about 40 years. It's one of the best ways I know of to establish relationships. By getting together with brothers and sisters in the Lord, we get to know each other on a much deeper level than saying hi to them on Sunday morning. We share our triumphs, our joys, our grief, our sorrows. We laugh together, we cry together, and most importantly, We've got our own prayer support group. It's like your relationship with the Lord. You talk with him, you read his word, and so establish a close relationship with him. The same goes for friends in house groups. You build deep and lasting relationships. I met some of my best friends who were in house groups I was in lasting friends for as long as I'm on this earth. Difficult to compare that to that Sunday morning greeting. So I encourage you to join a house group, or if you feel a call to lead one, just seek the Lord. I can tell you from experience, if you're called, the Lord will equip you. I led one for about 11 years, and I was just astounded by his faithfulness even when I fumbled the wall. So I, I want to just pray God's blessing on you this day that you would uh, choose to join other believers in a, in a house group. God bless you. What if your family member is in trouble? Would you like a house full of people to stand in prayer with you? Do you remember what it says in the Bible, if two or more are gathered in his name? How about the whole house group laying hands on you before surgery and then praying during your procedure or sitting with you or your spouse in the hospital? Would you like an entire house group to care about you? 
Do you value prayer support? Do you ever need encouragement? Who do you call if you need help? In case of emergency, wouldn't you like to have an entire group of people to call? Would you like to be closer to part of your church family? Then join a house group. Raise your hand if you don't want any more really close friends. (laughs) Well, thanks, you guys. Thank you. Wow. So if you're sitting on the fence when it comes to these small life group communities, um, we're going to sentence you to eight weeks in the Moline small group. <laughs> and that, that should take care of it. Well, um, it's one thing to hear about this. It's one thing to start thinking about how do I do it. But this idea of community and connection and friendship and all the things that, that came up as... Um, both couples shared, it's impossible if one thing doesn't happen. It really is what kicks it off. And, and so what I want to do this morning is uh, I'm going to invite the kids to come up. And we're going to do a, a, a sermon for all of us, but I, I need the kids' help. So if kids, if you'll come forward. And if you're young at heart, you can come forward as well. And you can drag your brothers. That's cool. Come on up. You guys can just sit down right here, right? Would be great. Anybody else want to come up? How about Young and Hart? Heidi, why don't you come up? Absolutely. There's, yeah, (laughs) Sharon. That's right. You see... I don't know, I'm kind of a scary guy, but when they see the, the big basket of candy, then they might, you can always decide to come up. So community, you, community can't happen if we don't, see there, that's, that's awesome. Unless you do something. Now, I'm going to uh, act something out, and I want the crowd, and I, I want you kids to tell me too, if you think this is, the best way to do it. Like, I'm going to invite you to my party, but I don't know. And I'm going to invite you, but I I don't know if I'm going to invite you. And, yeah, probably, yeah, I'll invite you, but I I don't know if I'm going to invite you. Now, is that a good way to do it? Why is that a good way to do it? You should invite everybody. What do you guys think? You should invite everybody, right? Why should we invite everybody? To make it fair. But you know why I think we should invite everybody? You want to make everybody happy? And I think the idea of it being fair and the idea that makes us happy is because you know who always invites everybody? Jesus, of course. <laughs> Because he, look what, we'll put this up so that uh, the parents can read this. This is what it says in the Bible. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Whoever, whoever believes in him. So the whole invitation is for everybody everywhere to believe in Jesus. 
Okay, so we've talked about the fact that we need to invite everybody. Now, I want to ask you if you'll play a little game with me. Will you do that? Maybe, okay, let's do this. You see, we know that God wants to invite everybody, but not everybody knows they're invited. So we've got to take part in this somehow. So I'm, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick somebody, and I'm going to tell you about a Bible story that shows inviting. And I'm going to ask you if you know who the person is. And if you don't, you can look out in the crowd, and you can invite one of them to help you get the answer. Okay? But why I do it, when I, like if I'm asking you, everybody has to be quiet and hold their answers so that she can think really hard. Deal? Okay, so here, here um, is the first story. This story involves a little short guy who was so short he couldn't see over the crowd, so he had to climb up in a tree to see Jesus. And so when Jesus saw him, Jesus invited himself to his house for lunch, which sounds kind of crazy. Do you know the name of the man that hid up in the tree looking for Jesus? <laughs> but that's good. He called Zacchaeus. That's good. You didn't even have to invite him for hell. See, when Jesus reaches front, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. You see, isn't it? It's kind of weird that he invited himself over to the guy's house. But see, Jesus wanted to make sure that Zacchaeus knew that he was invited to the biggest party, heaven, right? So, even though he answered it, you get to pick a sucker. I invite you to pick a sucker. Oh. So, we got another story, though, so you get another chance, okay? Here's another story. How many of you know who Peter is? Do you know who Peter is in the Bible? Right. So... Do you know who invited Peter to come meet Jesus? No one shout out the answer. Let him think. And if you want to invite somebody to help you get the answer, you can go out in the crowd and invite somebody. Do you want to? Should I invite somebody? All right. Dad? <laughs> Do you happen to know who invited Peter? Because if you don't, you can invite somebody to help you know. Who invited Peter to meet Jesus? Well, Jesus did. But who, who, was, who was the person here? Team together. Invite somebody to help you. Andrew. Andrew was the one. Did you guys know Andrew? Andrew invited. How many of you guys, if you were going to a birthday party, would want your brother or sister to go with you? Not everyone wants to, but Andrew, look what it says. First thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah that is the Christ. So you get to pick a sucker. I invite you to choose one. Do you, do you want to take one and just give it to somebody? All right. You can do that, too. You could just throw it up in the air, too. Yeah, we could get rowdy. That's true. We could do that. Okay, there's one more that we want to do. Okay? Now, 
Sometimes inviting people is scary. Like if you don't know someone real well and you said, I, I think I'm going to go over and invite this person, that can be kind of scary. And there was, there was a guy, um, the Apostle Paul. Have you heard of the Apostle Paul? Do you know who he is? He wrote most of the New Testament. And he was kind of a scary guy before he was a Christian because he used to go into people's houses where they were having Bible studies and he'd arrest them. So that was kind of scary. But when he became a Christian, people had heard the Apostle Paul had changed his life, but no one wanted to invite him to the party, so to speak. And there was only one person who was courageous enough to think about inviting the Apostle Paul. Do you know who he is? Yeah, and you, you, can, you can invite somebody to help you get the answer. I can tell your gears are turned. Oh, because I want, I want you to invite somebody to help you do it. That's why. Yeah, she, she wanted to know why I'm asking such hard questions because they're just little kids. <laughs> That's a hard question for me to answer. So do you want to you invite somebody to help you? Do, yeah, go ahead. Go ask your dad and your mom. It's Barnabas. Yay. You see, what happened was when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. That's Paul. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. You see, sometimes we can't get in if someone doesn't invite us in. And so you get to pick out a sucker. And I'm going to invite all of the rest of you to pick out a sucker. You already have one. There you go. And you guys did a good job. Next time I'm going to ask you to help me make my questions up, okay? <laughs> Give these guys a hand. Without inviting, community can't happen. And yet... I think sometimes it's, it's, it is a little intimidating for us. So what I want to do is just wrap up this morning uh, with just a few things to think about because as we get into the fall and we talk about the idea of developing relationships and reconnecting, um, it's going to take a lot of inviting, isn't it? And so um, this idea of community is I have to move over, reach out, in a way where I'm inviting others in to my space, into my group, into my house. And this is tricky. Some of you may have seen me use this scale because this first one, and this is like a soundboard. So this is off, and this is all the way up on all of these different scales. And the first one is know what you know about a person. And the second one is trust. So the idea and how this works is if you know a person, let's say, to this level, how much should you trust him? What would you guys say? If you know a person this much, where should the trust level be set? Up here? No. Here? Here? Here. 
Yeah, most people say, yep, let's go about, some go, no, let's go down here. (laughs) Because what you want to know is if I trust this person, are they reliable? Who they say they are is really who they are. And are they committed to me in a good way where they're really caring for my heart? You see, we don't always know that. And even in church, even though we're at the same church and we're sitting in the same service, listening to the same songs and doing the same things and all those things, we, we have to start someplace on this journey. And we don't always think about that, but relationships look like this. There's a range of relationships. Up high, you might know a ton of people and have acquaintances, but those relationships can't necessarily go super deep right away, Right? Like if I, if I told you to turn around to someone sitting in the row next to you and tell them your deepest, darkest secret, would you do that? No. I mean, it's, you're, if you're fortunate, you're going to have a couple of people on the planet that you can do that with. So I want, I want us to think about this, this idea of inviting. The first stage is always getting to know you. And those kinds of things are, you know, here in Minnesota, we talk about the Vikings, football starting again. Or we talk about, did you go to the state for? We talk about the weather all the time, don't we? And those kinds of topics are safe topics where you're just getting to know another person. And even though we're in church, we should realize that this idea of inviting starts at that level. And I'm going to do something practical at, my, at the end of my message, but I want you to realize that it takes time and focus. As you get to know one another, it's a process. And the next level is growing to know the person. And so I've known John and Laura since they were at the church at Eden Prairie. But then they left the church at Eden Prairie and came up to Way of the Cross here in Blaine. And so we lost track of one another. But we have a long uh, history. We've, we've spent time and we've had a variety. Like we did the retreat together. And now we're working together with the new marriage groups. And so... We're in a new way, growing to know each other. And at this level, it's like you've taken some time to say hi to someone during our greeting time, and somehow in the course of that conversation, you've realized, you know, that person likes to watch football, so do I. So you say, well, in order to grow to know that person, I need to invite them. Hey, do you want to come over and watch the game? Sure. That's a good grow to know you. Do you want to, do you want to go get a cup of coffee? Sure. And at that level, you're, you're just asking questions about, you know, uh, how long have you been in Bridgewood? Or tell me a little bit about where you grew up. And those are, that takes time to do that. And all the while, your knowledge of the person is growing so your trust can grow. Does this make sense? Because oftentimes we think in church it should just magically happen. Because after all, the Almighty God is here, and that is true. But the process by which we develop our community goes through time and space, and it goes through the practice of getting to know one another, growing to know one another. Then we hit this stage right here. I didn't know that about you. This is the tunnel that all relationships that will go deeper has to pass through. It's like, ooh. Or it could be really cool. It could be like, wow, I didn't realize you liked that, or I didn't realize you thought that, or you did that, and all of a sudden there's a deeper connection. But for all of us, we typically stay kind of in this safe level. But the only way for you to get down here where, where you're really knowing a person is to pass through that tiptoey area of, ooh, I didn't quite know that about you. And it could be good. 
and sometimes it's awkward. And if you're honest, at a certain point in time in a small group, you bump into those things, right? And they can be oftentimes really good, but we just have to realize at that moment, what we do with that's really important. Because now that we know that about that person, going back to what Brennan is always saying, okay, work from your place in Jesus. What is Jesus saying? What is he inviting you to do or say or be in that person's life? And when we do that, we begin to know each other deeper, deeper levels. And this whole concept then gets to a place where we're known. The hardest thing for me in the ministry is people who are not going to a place where they're known. Here's why. You will only experience love to the degree that you're known. Let me say that again. You will only experience love to the degree that you're willing to be known. Because if I walk around and there's parts of me that's hiding, I know that. And you don't. And there's places where I'm not caught. So there's got to be this ongoing place where I'm willing, as we go through time together and trust is built, and we know that people are committed to one another, like the Moline small group that was talking about, there's a place for you to be known. And the Christian life will not be the Christian life if you don't experience that kind of knowing and loving. It is the big deal. They will know you are Christians by your love. And so, we've just got to begin to say together as a group of people, because our church is, we've been going through changes, we're we're going into the fall, and I think we're going to see more people. And when those people come, the one practice that we have to give ourselves to is inviting. And so there's two things that I want to close with by way of invitation. One Sharon's already hit. In your bulletin, there's a sheet there about volunteering. And when I did the survey back in late April, and um, people responded, the people said volunteering in small groups, it was like a, a dead-to-head tie. That's where they got to know people. And so please, before you leave today, take a look at that sheet. And don't just look at it, pray at it. Say, Lord, is there something you're inviting me to step into? Because when you step into that, you're now in a space where you can get to know people a little bit more, and they can get to know you a little bit more. And listen, if you step into it and it's just not a fit, we're totally fine with that. We want you to find your fit in Christ. So... Um, don't worry about that. Like, oh, I'm scared to sign up because I feel like I'm signing my life away and for the next 50 years I need to do this. We're not saying that. We're saying start someplace and we invite you to do that. And then the second thing that I want to invite you to is we've talked about this as a staff and, and Brendan and I are going to do that and I, I don't know if others are going to join us, but Brendan and I, after second service, are going to go over to Wendy's restaurant and we just invite you to come have lunch with us. And uh, it's not because... We're huge fans of Wendy's Restaurant, but it's cheap. It's fast. And, you know, if, you're just, if you've got some time today, I know this is first service, but if you've got some errands to run and you want to come back and hang out with us, we promise it will be on pretty good behavior. And, uh, and it's on Mark. It's on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're just, after second service, we're just going to hop in the car and head over there. And you guys are invited. But community folks cannot start 
if we don't practice that. Can we pray? Lord, we see all these places in Scripture. We see Andrew inviting Peter. We see Jesus inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house. We see Barnabas risking a lot to invite Paul into the brotherhood. Um, Lord, I, I think you're inviting us to be like you and invite others. Would you show each person here where to start? Would you help us to navigate the sea of people we see on Sunday mornings and have a sense of your leading in that? And Lord, would you connect us in a deeper and a more complete way to you and to each other? We invite you, Jesus, to do that. And Lord, we um, just open our hearts and we invite you to come and just assure our hearts as we prepare for the offering. We thank you that you are a God who is always giving. And you invite us to do that as well. In Jesus' name, amen.